Live again. Uh, I am going to start this morning with a bit of a confession. I've been at Platt now for three years, so I think it's time to get this, this secret out into the open. Uh, there's a risk, I know, in saying this, I'm going to be disowned by the staff team, um, but hopefully we know each other well enough that you won't judge me. So, here goes. I've never watched Lord of the Rings. I've never watched Harry Potter. I don't think I've ever seen a Marvel film. Uh, and I've only seen one Star Wars, Star Wars film and found it a bit boring. Now, I know what you're all thinking. With the amount those films are talked about by the staff, surely there's some sort of test as part of the interview process to check you know them. Well, if there was, I slipped through the net. Uh, I've never seen those. You can talk to me later and convince me why I need to watch them. But, but why, am, why am I beginning uh, with that confession? Why uh, tell you that now? It's not because of our new uh, cinematic kind of layouts we've got here in church. Uh, it is because it will help us this morning. You see, despite never seeing these films... Uh, I've heard uh, enough people talking about them, I've seen the trailers, uh, I've seen snippets of them. I have a reasonably good idea of what happens in each of them. And it's going to be similar with our topic uh, this morning. You see, this morning, as Sarah said earlier, we're concluding our series and confidence in God. Uh, We've seen that Jesus shows us we can have confidence in his power over his world and over the spiritual world. And today we're going to see that Jesus shows us we can have confidence in his power over sickness and death. And we're going to use this passage from Mark 5 to do so. But what we have in Mark 5 is like a snippet, a trailer of that truth. Now the trailer is going to give us amazing confidence in that glorious future where that truth will come about. But it's important to know that it is, at this stage, only a trailer You see, our temptation, isn't it, when we think about Jesus' power over sickness and death, our temptation is to think, why doesn't he heal me now? Why COVID-19? But Jesus doesn't promise us that he'll heal everyone now. Not yet, not physically. Of course he can, but he may choose not to. But one day, he definitely will. See, not everyone who was alive at the time of Jesus got healed, did they? But one day, that will happen. You see, like my snippet knowledge of uh, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, uh, this passage gives us a great idea about what that day will look like. Where Jesus does promise that everything will be put right. When he returns, that's the day that it will happen. That's when the full film will come about. And this trailer points to it. So let's have a look at Mark chapter 5, and look at verses 21 to 43 that Helen just read, and see Jesus' power over sickness and death. And then we'll think about how uh, this trailer gives us confidence, not just now, but into eternity. So firstly, Jesus' power over sickness and death. And again, we begin this passage, uh, as we did last week, uh, with Jesus getting out of boat after he's crossed a lake. Uh, a large crowd uh, has uh, gathered round, because the news about him is, is clearly spreading. 
And as people uh, gather around and fighting through the crowds, comes this man who is in a desperate situation. It's there in verse 22. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. You can just imagine the anguish in his voice, can't you? He's nowhere else to turn to. So he comes to that one. He's heard he's healed so many before. And Jesus agrees to go with him. And as they're travelling along, going to Jairus' house, the crowd continue to, to follow and push around Jesus. Uh, and then another desperate person pushes her way through the crowds. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She's spent all that she's had on medical help, and, and it's not helped. She's poor. She's outcast. She's without hope. She's nowhere else to turn to. And so again, she comes to the one she's hurt, who's healed so many before. And we're told her thinking, do you see that there in verse 28? She thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She is so confident of Jesus' power over her sickness. All she thinks needs to do is just touch the edge of his cloak. She's right up there on on number 10, isn't she, on Pete's uh, scale of confidence. Uh, And so she moves forwards and touches his cloak. Verse 29, immediately her her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. She's healed. But actually, she's only partially healed. Actually, there's more healing needs to happen. She's been healed physically. But actually, she still would have been outcast from the society and shamed for her previous life, her previous illness. So Jesus turns around and says, who's touched me? And the disciples, as you can kind of imagine, Jesus has a crazy question. Come on, look at all these people gathered around you. They're all pushing us. Of course someone's touched you. What do you mean someone's touched you? Who's touched you? But Jesus, as we've seen throughout Mark 5, was in complete control. He knew exactly what he meant. He knew someone had come to him in faith and been healed. Verse 33. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Remember last week we saw that uh, the disciples were afraid, um, sorry, that the, the people were afraid after the man had been healed. Again this week, the woman's afraid after she's seen Jesus' power. See, Jesus knew what she needed. And so he's, he's exposing her in front of this whole uh, crowd, not to shame her. He's exposing her to say, your faith has healed you. Your shame has gone. He's restoring her in front of all these people. And while all this is going on, Jairus is there, and I'm guessing he's thinking, come on, Jesus. Did you not hear what I said? We need to get a bit of a move on. Time is of the essence here. My daughter's dying. Come on. Why do we have to do this? And while that thought's going through his mind, 
Some people come from his house with the most devastating news a parent will ever hear. Verse 36. Sorry, verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? But again, Jesus is actually the one in full control. Verse 36. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid. Just believe. There's that fear word again that we've seen over and over again in this chapter. This time Jesus is calming the fear. And so off they go to Jairus' house. And as you can imagine, as they arrive, there's utter despair. Um, this daughter has died. But Jesus walks calmly into the room where the dead girl is lying. Verse 41. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. This 12-year-old girl, remember the, the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years? Bleeding for as long as this girl had been alive? I mean, doesn't it highlight the desperate situations they were in? Bleeding for 12 years? Someone who's dead? But now this woman is healed. She's restored. Now this little girl is alive. She's walking around. She's feasting with Jesus. I mean, no wonder this family are utterly astonished. In the space of half a chapter, Jesus demonstrated his power over sickness, his power to restore people, his power over death. Nothing is beyond his control and his authority. Jesus shows us we can have confidence in his power over sickness and death. That isn't one of the things that this pandemic that we're in reminded us, is that we're all going to die. I'm sorry to put it as as bluntly as that, but I know about you as I was watching the daily press conferences and those numbers were read out day after day. We've probably uh, got death in our face more than we have at any point since World War II. See, we've made so many medical advances and they're good and they're, uh, they're great things. But it doesn't change the statistic that 100% of us will die. And death often scares us. It's in those polls of, uh, of people's biggest fears, it's normally in the top three. Uh, public speaking apparently at the moment comes out at top. So public speaking about death, as I'm doing at the moment, probably you know puts me in whatever fear category you want. But it's understandable, isn't it, that we don't like death. I appreciate this is going to, talking about it brings up painful memories uh, for lots of people. But sickness, especially things like COVID-19, death, they remind us we're not in control. We're not going to live forever. And that's why we need this snippet, this, this trailer of what is to come. Because if you think of the aim of any trailer, it's to get you excited for the full film. Well, that's what we want to hear. We can't wait to see it. We want that feeling of excitement as we see Jesus' power over sickness and death. Because uh, secondly, um, this trailer gives us confidence into eternity. Sarah and Pete, a couple of uh, weeks ago, took us to this verse in Revelation 21. It's this description of what we're looking forward to. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. 
and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their gods. He will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. One day, there will be no more sickness and no more death. When Jesus comes again, he's just going to do away with those things in his power and authority. If you want the ultimate proof of that, then look at Jesus' resurrection. Uh, At that point, when the king of the universe is, is hanging, dying on the cross, it seemed all over. At that point, he was laid in the tomb. Death seemed to end Jesus' life. But no, three days later, he rose again. He defeated death. He conquered the grave. He paved the way for others to follow him. Death isn't the end. Death doesn't just bring nothingness. Jesus proved it. If you're watching here this morning and you think that uh, when you die, there's nothing afterwards, then look again at Jesus. Look at again how he rose from the grave. uh, And come and hear the Christian comfort and the Christian hope we have because of that. See, don't we all try to put our confidence in all sorts of things? Now, this week, many have, have gone back to school. And many schools will be saying, getting the right exam results is what's going to give you confidence. Now, don't get me wrong, it's important to try your best uh, at school. But it's also not ultimately going to give you confidence. Because exam results don't last into eternity. Uh, maybe the pandemic has exposed some of the areas we try and put our confidence in. Maybe they've been, those securities have been taken away for us uh, as we've been kind of rocked over the past six months. How much has our confidence actually been tied up in our health? Where we live? What job we have? Where our kids go to school? Again, none of these are wrong things. But hasn't the pandemic highlighted to us we can't put our confidence fully in them? Because they can go. They're not going to last into eternity. And maybe there are some ways we need to repent of where our confidence has been in the wrong place. See, there's only one place to put confidence that last into eternity. And it's what we've been thinking about over the last few weeks. Confidence in God's. See, only he can solve our biggest problem of sin that leads to death. Only he has solved our biggest problem through the death and resurrection of his son. And gaining this eternal life, well, it's as simple as doing what Jairus and this woman did. They just come to Jesus. No matter how desperate your situation feels, come to him. Put confidence in him. See, death is not the end for Christians. The cry of the Apostle Paul at the end of that great chapter in 1 Corinthians 15 where he's thinking about resurrection. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? As Christians, death is not going to destroy us. It's not the end, it's the beginning. Because we have a victory... 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, through the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to live with him. And do you know what that means for each one of us who has come to the Lord Jesus? One day, Jesus will come to you and he will say those tender words, Talitha Kuhn.
little girl, little child, I say to you, get up. And you will get up and you will walk and you will feast with Jesus. And you'll no longer just have snippets and the trainer knowledge. You'll have the glorious, full, feature-packed, technicolour, amazing film. We'll see Jesus himself. No more fear of death. No more even thought of death. Can you see how Jesus shows us we can have confidence in his power over sickness and death? He will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. What a day that will be. What confidence. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you that through the Lord Jesus you have won us a victory over death that gives us confidence, not just now but into eternity, where that great day will come, that day we are waiting for, that day we'll be with Jesus. And as we feel pain and trouble in this world now, help us to fix our eyes on him. And remember that great day is coming. Amen.